Formosa Files is sponsored by the Frank C. Chen Cultural Foundation. Frank Chen, Chen Qi Tuan, served as the mayor of Kaohsiung City from 1960 to 1968 and founded the Kaohsiung Medical College. Formosa Files. I'm Eric Michael Smith. I'm John Ross. Okay, so let's look today a little bit at the Presbyterian Church and a specific missionary related to that church. And, you know, John, the Presbyterian Church has had a really important role in Taiwan's development. Education, Mm -hmm. medicine, democracy, the sense of identity, outsized role in Taiwan's history, you might say. And we got a story today about a missionary named Thomas Barclay, He served in Taiwan for 60 years, and his story is very compelling, especially one part where he helped save a Taiwanese city. So, John, Barclay was from, I believe, your ancestral homeland of Scotland. I, from the city of Glasgow, Scotland. Barclay was an intelligent and religious youth, and on his 16th birthday, he decided he would devote his life to serving God. He made a solemn vow. In fact, he drew up a written covenant with God, uh, offering his whole life to his service. A covenant. So that means basically a contract. Yes. And this was a private expression of his commitment, not some gimmick uh, he used to signal his virtue. Mm. And he reaffirmed this contract every year by signing it on his birthday, every year until his death. No one other than his wife knew of this document until it was discovered after his death. Interesting. So we're talking about very strong faith from a very early age. So I guess naturally he would become a missionary. It was not until the end of his theological course in Scotland that he decided to go abroad. So Barclay arrived in Taiwan in 1875. He spent several months um, beforehand in Amoy, Fujian, uh, in China, some language training uh, before crossing to Formosa. Mm. Uh, says here, Barclay landed in Kaohsiung, that would be back then called Takao, in the summer of 1875. And the following year moved up to Tainan, then called Taiwan Fu, which was then the capital and where mission work was concentrated. Yes. By this time, the English Presbyterian mission had been in Tainan for a decade. Medical missionary Dr. James Maxwell uh, was the pioneer, beginning work in 1865 uh, and as the first missionary for two centuries uh, since the Dutch time. It was starting from scratch. So Dr. Maxwell rented a shop outside the West Gate, the front part being used as a preaching hall by a Chinese evangelist and uh, Maxwell in the back treating the sick, including surgery. And we're talking about free treatment here. And back then, if you were providing free medical treatment, free medicine, it was highly suspicious to a lot of people. And Mm. very soon, rumors started spreading that, huh, this foreigner must be stealing the organs from his patients and from the dead bodies to make some kind of medicine, something. And a hostile crowd actually stoned Maxwell and his helper. They damaged the clinic and compelled them to retreat to Takao. 
Things had uh, quietened down somewhat uh, when Barclay arrived, though Maxwell wasn't there. He was uh, invalided Homer in 1871. It was a, a tough beginning for Barclay as well because he had frequent bouts of malaria. He was four months off work in one year, two months in bed with fever, and two months on the mainland recuperating. So uh, this is back to malaria, the, the, the scourge of Taiwan for generations, yeah? Yeah, a fact of life, yeah. So Barclay did a lot of preaching, and he's remembered, of course, for his educational work. And a huge part of that was his translation work into Hoklo. That is what many people today call the Taiwanese language, or Taiyu Daigi. The Presbyterian Church wanted a highly educated ministry, and Barclay devoted his energies to establishing a theological college for the training of ministers, believing that such an institution was essential for long-term progress. Barclay helped found the Theological College and Seminary in 1876, his first year in Tainan. Yes, uh, modest beginnings, though, uh, with just six students, and those students lacked uh, basic knowledge, so they needed to be given a foundation of math, science, uh, pretty much everything. So as well as having an educated ministry, Barclay was keen to have educated congregants. Yes, Barclay had three core convictions which he maintained throughout his life. Firstly, all members, both men and women, should read the scriptures for themselves. Okay, so if they have to read the scriptures for themselves, they need to learn to read, which is no easy matter. Yeah, his second conviction was that this end could never be attained by using Chinese characters. And the third Following from the second one, the use of the alphabetic script, the Romanized Hoklo, was important. Romanization, of course, means using Roman or, you know, what we use in English, the Roman letters to represent sounds in a language. I personally find the most interesting one in Asia to be the, uh, the Vietnamese one mm -hmm. with all the little marks and everything. But it's quite incredible to, to think of how you would turn Taiwanese into English, essentially writing. So part of the drive for education and romanization also meant you got to get into publishing. A well-equipped mission has to set up its own publication department. Yes, a printing press with a supply of type was sent out to Formosa as a gift from the UK, organized by uh, that medical missionary Maxwell, I think. Um, but this is 1880. The following year, Barclay went home on his first furlough, uh, his first leave of absence, and he took some time to learn the basics of printing. On his return, he set up the printing press, and the first printing was done in May 1884. Uh, this was in Romanized Taiwanese. And he published and printed a small paper called the Church News. So the Sino-French War of 1884 to 1885, with its attacks and blockade, delayed the first edition, but on the 12th of July, 1885, that first number of the Church News was published. It was actually the first newspaper printed in Taiwan, and mm. it's still being published. I think it's the oldest church newspaper in the East, and it has been continued to be published monthly unto this day. Um, what was the circulation at the time, though? I've read that it soon built up to about 2,000. The church news had national and some international news and, of course, local news, but a relatively broad appeal, I think. Barclay's second trip home to Scotland in 1892 was as productive as his first because this time Barclay found himself a wife and she also was a qualified nurse uh, named Elizabeth. 
Unfortunately, her health wasn't uh, very robust. She died in 1909 at the age of 51 uh, after 17 years of uh, marriage, and they didn't have any children. Not that long after getting married, however, Barclay played a part in saving a city, the city of Tainan. This is in 1895. Of course, we know what 1895 brought. This was during the Japanese occupation of Taiwan. So we need to recap a little bit from a previous episode. After the Qing Empire lost to the Sino-Japanese War of 1894 to 1895, Peking, or Beijing today, signed the Treaty of Shimonoseki, and it ceded Taiwan and the Pescadores, or Penghu, to Japan. Officials and others on Taiwan who were opposed to this proclaimed an independent republic of Formosa, and they raised forces to resist the impending Japanese invasion. The Japanese landed in June in the north and very quickly controlled northern Taiwan, the president of this uh, Republic of Taiwan, Tang Jing-song, he fled the island. And then a military commander and vice president of the Republic of Formosa, Liu Yongfu, the black flag leader, a fascinating character who had fought in the Sino-French War a decade earlier, he became the new leader. The Japanese takeover of Taiwan lasted nearly six months in all, with the city of Tainan the end game. It was frustrating for the Japanese relatively light casualties, but thousands killed by disease. And a time of great anxiety for the local people and the foreigners down south, anticipating an attack at any moment. In the summer, the Japanese secured areas in central Taiwan. Then they paused for a month and prepared for the final phase of the war, the advance on Tainan in October. Coming at the city from three directions, from the north, the northeast, and the south. A total force of nearly 20,000. 20,000 Japanese troops. That's, that's a lot. What was the population of Tainan at this time? I'm 40, 50,000? Yes, about, let's say, 45 split the difference. Taiwan was highly agrarian, so relatively few people lived in the cities. Taiwan's population at that time is about 2.5 million. So the Japanese are coming to Tainan. To complicate matters for Barclay, he had a severe attack of fever, malaria. Uh, he's on death's door with a temperature of 104 degrees. He was shipped across to Fujian and under doctor's orders went to Japan. He returns to Tainan in October. Ah, oh, wonderful timing. Just in time for the Japanese advance on the city. Yes, but he's glad to see that the city uh, is calm. The black flag chief leader, Liu Yongfu, he's got the people uh, under order. And he's done a good job of protecting the foreigners in the city. Okay, protecting foreigners. This is needed because during the victorious advance of the Japanese army, there are suspicions about traitors, collaborators, and many of the accusing fingers tend to single out minorities, outsiders, and of course, foreigners. Rumors were spread about Christians. They were said to be in league with the Japanese, acting as their spies and helping in the defeat of the local soldiers. Was there any truth to this rumor? No, but Barclay said that the Japanese preferred to make use of the Christian rather than non-Christians as guides. And he suggests this contributed to the spread of the rumor. 
a Japanese officer told him that the Japanese much preferred to employ Christians.、Uh, the non-Christians took money for their expenses and then vanished. The Christians, if they took money, kept their word and returned as promised. Hmm. So, regardless of the truth of、uh, how that、uh, worked out and how everybody viewed that, it certainly is adding to the tension for foreigners in Tainan, and things are getting pretty intense for all residents, foreign and local. Yeah, there's a lack of reliable news, and、uh, speculation runs wild. Oscillations of hope and then despair, and hypersensitivity to omens. Yeah, yeah. Barclay says that. Quote, we missionaries may have added unwittingly to the suspicion that the Christians incurred of being in league with the Japanese. Hearing that they were about to bombard the city, we thought it would be as well to let them know that our mission compound was the property of the Britishers. So we hoisted the Union Jack on a flagstaff on the roof of the middle house. This action, we afterwards learned, was explained throughout the city as our signaling to the Japanese fleet. Oh, not good.、Uh, an incident took place at、uh, Minshong, a village a few miles north of Jai. A Christian, along with two others, was murdered on the grounds of them rendering help to the Japanese. The Christian was arrested and beheaded without any trial, and his head hung up in a basket outside the Jai government office. The most serious incident of all occurred at Mato. That's one of the、uh, the old villages from the Dutch time in Tainan. So you've got defeated Taiwanese soldiers coming down from the north, spreading anti-Christian rumors. And a, a preacher in Mato fled to the hills and hid. Placards were put up,、uh, offering a reward for information of his whereabouts. Again, Barclay writes, "Quote: One day, a non-Christian came to us, stating that he knew where the preacher was hiding, but that he did not wish to tell." Unfortunately, being an opium smoker, he was in need of money and asked us for a few dollars, as otherwise he would be compelled to give the information and claim the reward. In October, a young Christian man arrived at Tainan with the sad details of a terrible massacre at Mado. A mob had gathered and murdered 19 men and women, most of them Christians. In the days following the massacre, Tainan became more and more hostile to the Christians. As the Japanese armies are nearing the city, there were calls to repeat that massacre. Yeah, it's interesting how, in the fog of、uh, war and confusion, and all this, we as humans tend to just look for a, a scapegoat, right? And it doesn't really、mm. matter who it is. Well, luckily, the Black Flag Chief is friendly to foreigners, and he's doing a pretty good job of keeping order. But he escapes the approaching Japanese noose and sneaks out of the city in disguise on a British merchant ship. His soldiers—they mostly left or, or just gave up their arms. So opposition is at an end. Officials have vanished at this point. The local merchants、uh, tell the British that、uh, there is no one left in authority in the city. The rabble might、uh, rise up and plunder. Their only hope is for the speedy arrival of the Japanese to take control of affairs. So basically, please go bring in the Japanese. The merchants tell Barclay and his fellow missionary Duncan Ferguson. Yeah, the missionaries declined.、Hmm. If word spread through the southern region that foreign missionaries had brought in the Japanese, Christians might get massacred. Yeah, yeah. But they reached a compromise. The Taiwanese leaders wrote out petitions with their seals, you know, you know those chop things, requesting the Japanese to come at once. 
and to make clear that it was their responsibility. So the Taiwanese leaders were asking for this. This is not, this is not on the Christians. Barclay agreed to uh, be a messenger and take letters to the Japanese. Another problem, however, was making their way to the Japanese forces. Local people might attack them. The merchants say, okay, we'll send an escort. We'll provide protection and assure the people that you're acting on our behalf. We'll send men to make sure the mission compound isn't plundered. Still, it was a big risk even to approach the advancing troops. The Japanese had been inflicting heavy casualties on soldiers they'd be coming up against just that, uh, that day and the previous day. Barclay, however, thought the risk was worth taking, as it might save the city from needless bloodshed. Barclay and Ferguson would go to meet the Southern Army, which was already closer to the city of Tainan. The British Council told them that the Southern Army would reach Tainan on Monday and start bombarding the city on Tuesday. And in this point in the story, it's Sunday. Yep, Sunday, late Sunday. They've got all the paperwork sorted out, official requests for the Japanese army to come in at once and take possession. There was a body of 17 men to form their escort and two Christian followers came along. And there are two sedan chairs to carry the missionaries in style. They got into the chairs and uh, <laughs> I guess we can call them chairman, asked mm -hmm. where they were to take them. And they go, take us to the Japanese army down south. <laughs> and with rather indecent haste, the sedan chairs were put down and no way, nothing doing. We're not taking you there. So Barclay and the others set off on foot. A short distance out of uh, the south gate, they see a dead Japanese horse lying by the road. It's the result of a skirmish that morning with the Black Flag Chief's forces. It's dark now and uh, lanterns are lit. They come upon a house where dinner is being prepared. When the people see the lights, they run off, uh, evidently thinking the approaching men are a marauding rabble. And that dinner must have smelled pretty good because some of the Chinese complain, hey, we haven't had dinner yet. And they propose, let's stop at this house and, uh, you know, for the night and grab some food. But the Brits say, nope, we got to go on until we get to the Japanese lines. They continue walking for a, a mile or so in the dark and to make it known to the Japanese that uh, they're not coming secretly. Uh, you know, they've got lanterns and um, here it may be time to sing the Japanese anthem. Kimi no. no. It's Sunday. They were singing Christian hymns, I assume. Yeah, that's right. Suddenly, they're confronted by a Japanese sentry, shouts at them in Japanese. Uh, the missionaries go forward, showing their British flag. A lot of Japanese soldiers come running forward, fixed bayonets pointing at them. They were taken further south, where a small Japanese outpost was stationed in a dugout. Talk about a tense situation. Communication is difficult and it's dark. If a Japanese soldier sees other soldiers moving around, well, you know, it's pretty easy to imagine bullets just starting to fly. Yes. And Barclay writes, our Chinese escorts, Chinese, Taiwanese, our Chinese escorts were tied together in a long line by their head cloths to guard against any possible injury being done to them if they were found straggling individually through the Japanese camp. Okay. This is a little odd. Um, head cloths. I think of what, turbans, long strips mm -hmm. of cloth wrapped around their heads? Yeah, that's what they wore. So these headcloths are unwound and used to link the men together around their waists. Buckley and Ferguson were led to an officer who had taken up quarters in a Formosan farmhouse. Luckily, there's an interpreter who could speak English, uh, a reporter from a Japanese newspaper. 
Barclay explained that the black flag chief had run away and that opposition was at an end in Tainan. He showed the petitions of the Chinese merchants. The officer tells Barclay to wait. Uh, he sent his report to his superior officer, General Nogi, at his headquarters. Sometime after midnight, they're summoned to go further south to uh, where General Nogi had his headquarters. So this general receives them very kindly, without suspicion, and he asks if they were willing to lead the Japanese army into Tainan. And the missionaries are like, well, yeah, that's why we're here. So, by the way, this General Nogi is an interesting character. Lots of war action against uh, China and Russia. He would serve a year later as governor general of Taiwan. But he's best remembered for, at the time of the death of Emperor Meiji in 1912, committing suicide, um, he and his wife together. Wow, that's really old school, uh, following your master, your feudal lord, into the other world. Yes. Hmm. So Barclay and Ferguson were told by General Nogi that the army would start at 5 a.m. for Taiwan Fu or Tainan. And that's about uh, one or two hours of sleep that everyone can get before they start marching. Yep. It was a lovely morning, clear and cool as they set off. Japanese infantry and cavalry following Barclay and his barefooted Taiwanese escort. Barclay was supposed to go on in advance with the majority of the Chinese escorts to have the city gates opened and to bring to the people this message from General Nogi. And what Nogi said was, if the city surrenders peaceably, no harm will be done to anybody. But if there is any armed resistance, I will level this city to the ground. So the city gates are opened and uh, Barclay goes in. Says the Japanese will be arriving soon, so they need to spread Nogi's message to the populace. Do not resist. Ferguson followed a little later with the Japanese mounted upon a Japanese horse. He told how passing through the city, a number of gentlemen wearing these long robes who a day or two before probably would have gladly signed the missionary's death warrants now came pressing forward, thrusting their cards into his hands and asking him to assure the Japanese officials that they were now going to be very good subjects. The occupation was peacefully carried out at Anping, the port for Tainan. Uh, several thousand of the black flag soldiers with their arms and ammunition had handed those over to a British chief of customs. When the Japanese arrived in Anping, they took charge of them and shipped them over to China. So the capitulation of Tainan put an end to serious Formosan resistance and effectively inaugurated the era of Japanese colonial rule in Formosa. Ferguson and Barclay afterwards received um, the fifth class version of the Order of the Rising Sun for their deeds. And also the Formosans presented them with complimentary scrolls. Barclay had a less eventful later life, but still a very productive one, basically worked until his death. In the last two decades of his life, when most men have already finished uh, their best work, he did three great projects. The translation of the New Testament, the compilation of his dictionary, and the translation of the Old Testament. Any one of these tasks would have been worthy of an entire life's work for an ordinary man. Barclay passed away on the 5th of October, 1935, at the age of 85. And he lies buried in Tainan, fondly remembered by the city, and there are several places named after him. 
It's an interesting story as on the one hand, you know, they're, they're kind of turning over Taiwan to the invaders. So some people might not see that as all that heroic, but I kind of do because the deed was done. Taiwan had been ceded. And what was the point of more useless bloodshed, right? Yes. So clever resistance, uh, not futile. Well, that's the story of a missionary or missionaries who saved a city. We've got lots more stories for you coming up on Formosa Files. Remember, you can contact us at formosafiles at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Eric Michael Smith. I'm John Ross. Bye.